Before we begin this week's episode of the Berman Hour podcast, we need to thank our sponsors, New Wave Flow State Coffee, coffee for creativity. Go to newwave.co slash Berman and get 10% off your order of what will soon be your new favorite coffee, N-O-O-W-A-V-E dot C-O slash B-E-R-M-A-N, newwave.co slash Berman. Flow State Coffee is organic ground coffee with L-theanine and raw cacao. It's your go-to morning beverage to lower anxiety, improve brain function, and support creativity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did I mention that it's coffee and that it's really good and that everybody that I've introduced this coffee to loves it, including my dad, who's not a big coffee drinker? Now, holidays are coming up as well. Are you one of those fucking weirdos that gets all of your holiday shopping done by November 15th? Yeah, one of those weirdos. Well, you know, you can buy this coffee and it'll uh, help that cause, help you get finished earlier. Or if you're one of those procrastinating assholes like I am, you can get this coffee right now and get ahead of the curve on your holiday shopping. You have somebody that you're related to, you don't know what to buy them, get them a bag of coffee. Someone that you work with and you're like, ah, oh, we're doing White Elephant and it's going to be really awkward, get them this bag of coffee. Trust me, newwave.co slash Berman saves you 10%. It helps a brand new company in New Wave that started by a couple of friends of mine. It also helps the Berman Hour podcast. And, you know, what if Joe Rogan or some other fucking asshole podcaster was, you know, talking about Flow State Coffee? You'd all probably be like, oh, yeah, I should maybe give this a chance. Well, yeah, this is your boy, Jeff Berman, telling you, don't wait for Rogan to jump on the bandwagon. He can go somewhere and be bald and annoying away from New Wave. But anyway, I'm sure they'd love to have him, but they're stuck with me. (laughs) Anyway, newwave.co slash Berman. Let's get started with the podcast. Welcome to the Berman Hour Podcast. I am your host, Jeff Berman. Thank you for tuning in. My guests, plural, guests this week are James and Connor from the band Kittner, a great band from Massachusetts who just released a great new record called Shake the Spins. When I listened to this record, I liked it. It's certainly a grower, and after I edited this interview, I came to the realization that I may have just interviewed the band that released the best record of 2021. You be the judge, but this record is very good. So thanks to Connor and James for coming on the Berman Hour podcast. And thanks to everybody who listened last week. An unusual episode of sorts, but I wanted to do an in-memoriam for Emily Matview. And uh, it wasn't easy to do. It wasn't easy to put together. It wasn't easy to listen back to in light of Emily's passing, but I know that it uh, touched a lot of people, and that makes, hopefully, everything a teensy-weensy bit better, right? Yeah, well, thank you anyway. And also, Big Divided Evan news. Holy shit. The new Divided Evan record is coming out later this winter on AF Records in the States and on Gunner Records in Europe. Holy shit. Yeah, the fourth Divided Heaven record. Yeah. Well, the rest of the details to come soon. But 
needless to say, I am so, I'm beyond excited. It's really a dream come true to be on Anti-Flag's fucking record label. Whew, that's great. And Gunner, in Europe, he's okay. No, he's great. We love Gunner Records. They've done so many great records for everybody from Jeff Rowe to Jeff Rowe to Jeff Rowe. No, forget about Jeff Rowe. Gaslight Anthem, Little Teeth, I'm drawing a blank, but a number of great bands that Gunner has put out over the years. The Scandals, how can I forget The Scandals? Anyway, I am beyond excited to be working both with AF Records here in the States and Gunner Records in Europe. The new Divided Heaven record will be out in winter 2022, is what the posts said. That's rather vague. It's coming out in February. I can share that. But more news on that later. Until then, thanks for letting me share. Thanks again to Connor and James from Kittner. Again, check out their record, Shake the Spins. It's really fucking good. And enjoy my interview. Cheers. keep it one-on-one I, I feel like it stays a little bit more intimate but this can turn into a party right sure i'm sure. down it's, that's <laughs> not gonna be a party you guys don't sound stoked at all jesus <laughs> <laughs> i'm stoked i'm stoked all right connor stoked all right james is like get me the fuck out of here <laughs> <laughs> i read that there's members of choke up you guys are a Massachusetts band, as is Choke Up. So there's members of Choke Up that are in your band. But then there were also like romantic relationships involved when the band was formed. Is that still the case? Like, how? Paint me a landscape of, of everybody that's in your band right now and, and how they're related to either other bands or each other in some way. Uh, I'll let James take it. this one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, I. Um, yeah, I also play in uh, Choke Up, which you just mentioned. Um, and then um, my wife, Brianne, also plays in Kittner. She is our bass player currently. But originally, we weren't married, but we were together when the sure. band started. And uh, she actually played keys. She started playing guitar. Um, but when we recorded this record, there wasn't like a ton of keys on it. And, you know, we wanted her to be more involved. So she picked up the bass. So she's been playing bass. Is that was that the like, only was you and your wife then girlfriend and now wife was that the only romantic relationship in the band because the bio made it sound like there were multiple and I was like God damn I'll let Connor cool. take this one the wonderful lovely talented Christine Maria Turio from uh, Save Ends she was in the original band she's a, she's the best she's no longer in the band we're we were in a relationship. And uh, her music's amazing. She's super talented. Everyone should go check that out. Uh, Little Low, Save Ends. Yeah, Save Ends is music. great. Yeah, well, that it makes sense that you, because you, you're going out of your way to put over her music. So that makes sense that that's it, where the other relationship was. <laughs> <laughs> and I genuinely, genuinely, genuinely mean that from the bottom of my heart. Yeah, you know, I, I didn't, uh, I could never put a name to it, or I hadn't yet, but Save Ends is great. For sure. All right. Well, thanks for kind of mapping that out for me. The next question I want to ask is probably the hardest hitting question that I'm going to ask. 
what's the best replacements record? Please to meet me. Why? Why is that your favorite record, James? I don't know. It's like the perfect. It's like kind of where they found their stride. Like I really do like Tim, like the rest of America, but I just feel like uh, Please to Meet Me, like it has like the pop hits on it without kind of getting into like the more. Um, I'll be know. you. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Which which I do like. I like the later stuff a lot. Connor and I always talk about that, but uh, Please to Meet Me is just my favorite record. I it gets me pumped up. It has my favorite replacement songs on it. Um, Alex Chilton. I'll definitely say Let It Be. Hands down from for really? me. Yeah. I mean, I guess I would probably fall in the middle between the two of you guys with Tim. But it's worth noting that, I don't know. I feel like everything after Please to Meet Me, I was just kind of like A&R. I only liked the hits. Like, I liked when it began, you know, the song, not... Uh, you know, uh, figure of speech, and I liked <laughs> "I'll Be You," but the re- like the rest of those records, those later records were, I don't know, it was like very hit or miss. The early stuff was, I don't really like to be honest with you, but like that middle, that unholy trinity, "Let It Be," Tim, and "Please to Meet Me." I think that's where most of Matt's fans would kind of land. Yeah, I, mean, I like all three a lot. I "Let It Be" for me, I, I don't know. I mean. I feel like that's a perfect album, but you know, it's got my favorite song. Wow. This could go on forever. No one wants to, <laughs> this is, this is trust yeah, me. Connor. I, I mean, everybody wants to fucking hear this. Are you kidding me? Come on. <laughs> everybody wants to hear this. Your publicist is going to be pissed off that we don't talk about the record enough, but Kevin, we'll get to it. Get it. We'll get to it. My friend. Now, what's your favorite song on let it be? Why, why is, why is it that makes it your favorite record? What's the song? The favorite song on there. Oh man, that is very hard. But I really love Favorite Thing, that song. I don't know, it's just like a perfect pop song. And the guitar parts are like impossible to play. I think they all used fucked up tuning. Like what was it? Yeah. It was like the And then Johnny Resnick stole it and kind of did the same thing. But yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like it's not totally it's not an open tuning, but somebody who's more musical than I could probably write in at the Berman Hour at Gmail and let me know. But do you guys remember what the tuning was? I actually, well, I did learn Answering Machine once, like the last song on Let It Be, and it was in a really bizarre tuning. Yeah. It was, everything was like tuned up, and I can play it really well, but I couldn't now. I, but I remember like spending days learning that song. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, I'm like, I gotta get it perfect. I gotta get it perfect. And yeah, you're right. Those, yeah, I don't know. There's something about that guitar tone and his voice. It's, yeah. And love the Goo Goo Dolls too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No disrespect to Mr. Resnick and his plastic surgery. We love the Goo Goo Dolls. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I find that I have a, uh, I find to be kindred spirits with, with people who really like the replacements as well because. They seem to be a band that very few people just casually get into. It's almost as if if you get into the replacements, you fall so deep that like nine or ten months pass by and you haven't listened to any other band. Uh, did you guys have a similar experience with, with the replacements? Definitely. 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 I remember like my wife being like, can we listen to any other band but the replacements at one point? Same thing happened with the Descendants, but... Yeah, I go through spurts, you know, where it's just like, 
I'll listen to one band for a few months. <laughs> She's like, get over it. <laughs> I know. I remember hearing the the replacements like for the first time, which was kind of late, maybe when I was like 20 years old. And I was just like, this is everything that I ever wanted to hear from a band. Yeah, it's so funny you say that. I had the similar thing. It, it hit me when I was 25. And I thought, how did I not know this? I don't know if you guys know who Jesse Mallon is, but on one of his older records, he did like a piano version of Bastards of Young that was really beautiful and really haunting. And at some point I was in a bar in New York and I heard the real version and I was like, this is way better. I had never put it together. But I guess like it wouldn't have satiated my taste at 15 or even 18 like i had to be like a little bit a little bit older but i now now it kind of goes in a cycle like either i won't listen to them at all for nine ten months maybe even a year or they're all i'm listening to it's continually all or nothing is it like that for you james a little bit um and it's funny because uh, you guys are saying you got to it late i got to it really late um i didn't start listening to the replacements until my wife till brianne she's the one that had me start listening to them she was a fan before I was um when we met that was like her favorite band at the time and she kind of like showed them to me and I was like whoa like I was t- I totally missed this like I listened to a lot of like older punk and you know I guess kind of what I grew up on but I kind of skipped the replacements somehow um and then and, you uh, ruined them for her by and then I ruined them happen. kind of essentially yeah uh that's good well let's just kind of touch base on a little bit of the style of, of the band and I don't know, kind of painting a blueprint of, of the band because the new record is, is really good, but it kind of came out of nowhere. Like you guys were a band for a few years and then you were not a band for a longer amount of time. And then seemingly you kind of came back into existence. Like how, how did that timeline happen? Cause I remember a Kittner EP something Massachusetts related, maybe in 2016, 2015. And here we are in 2021 and you have a new record. I'm trying to remember. It's been just so, I think we broke up. <laughs> wait, wait, broke up. Connor, I'm going to put you on the spot. Did the band break up because your relationship broke up at that Actually, point? No, okay. surprised. no, you'd think that's the, that you'd think so. Right. But the band broke up previous to that. But it was a breakup. It was like, this band is done. We're not doing anything else. Kind of, yeah. I think so. It's, it's hard to remember. It's been so long. Yeah, I remember. Um, and then you answered, James. Connor yeah, was being elusive. Like, huh. Yeah, no, no it's I'm fine. Not, it's fine. It's, I'm not being intentionally elusive. I'm, I'm literally trying to recap. You know what I mean? We got together in 2015 um, and started practicing and writing songs. And we released uh, that like demo EP. Um, you know, that was the first thing we did. Um, and it went really well. Uh, a lot of people liked our EP. Um, we played a bunch of shows that were a lot of fun. Um, we spent a lot of time together, like writing songs, like Connor, Will and I, and Brianne and everything. And then, you know, like Will was doing another band, like Will was doing Beached Boy, which is a band with Harley from Choke Up. Connor was doing some other bands and like solo stuff too. He was like filling in for some other bands at the time, right? And then I was doing Choke Up and stuff and uh, it got to be a bit much. And uh, sure. I think, uh, you know, Connor at some point wasn't really, you know, interested in like some of the songs we were doing. So yeah, it was a, it was kind of a breakup. We were, we were pretty bummed for a little while, but um, 
I don't know, was it, when was it that we like, we started texting again to be like, man, these songs are so good. Cause we, we made voice memos of all these songs that we wrote and we were like, it was kind of sucks that these didn't get to see the light of day. Cause we didn't like stop being friends or anything. We just like stopped like getting together and writing music. Um, and we had written, like, we were pretty prolific, like as a group, because <laughs> we wrote like 10 songs and, you know, half of them are on this record that we did um, from like 2016 yeah, um, and we were we were pretty bummed that they didn't see the light of day. So um, we kind of decided we were going to get back together and try writing songs together again. And um, that's the thing, like playing with like these guys and Brianna and everyone. It's just been like it's so easy to play together. You know, it's like uh, it, it doesn't make sense. Like I don't I don't know. Like you, you have chemistry with like relationships with people, but like I do feel like you know with getting her like writing songs especially writing I don't know like playing live like we haven't played that much but writing songs there's kind of like an instant chemistry um as far as just like kind of building on that so when we got back together it was kind of like instant we were like okay like we have like two new songs like the first practice two of them are on the record like oh wow Malden, Ma- Malden Mass and Junebug we wrote like first few practices back together that's great. And Malden Mass was a single that you guys had pushed before the record came out, right? And so so was Junebug. We did a video for Oh, it. that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's pretty pretty incredible for two reasons. One, that the first songs that you came up with weren't just kind of getting the ring rust off, but they actually, you know, became songs that are gonna be definitive parts of your set list and kind of your career as a band moving forward. But also it seems from my perspective as an outsider looking into the greater kind of Boston, you know, our scene in, in Boston, the whatever you want to call it, punk or whatever. But it seems like y'all are always tiptoeing in and out of a lot of different projects and a lot of different bands. So to think that you had these songs on your fucking voice notes on your phone and you didn't think throughout that six year period to say, nah, let's, I'm going to use this for my solo project or I'm going to use this for this band or I'm going to use this for this band did you kind of always think in the back of your mind that maybe some sort of Kittner reunion reunification could come along and that would bring these songs to life? Or did some, did somebody stumble upon these songs on their phone by happenstance and that kind of got the ball rolling? But uh, I will say that after the time apart, now it feels stronger than ever for sure. Whereas we never really in the early days i feel like we had the, the footing was off or something you know like there's so many so many like differing opinions and <laughs> you know connor, connor little... i'm gonna st- wait connor i gotta stop you you are you are so diplomatic in trying to say it's difficult to be in a band with your romantic partner <laughs> maybe you're like a politician may, you're may... so diplomatic but now you're saying it but yeah Maybe, maybe it had something to do with it. I don't know. I just felt like everything was off. I don't know. At a certain yeah. point, it, it, when we got together, I remember being like, when we first started playing, damn, I'm so happy to be in this band. Like, I love everybody so much. Over time, got tricky. But yeah. now I do feel that everyone is so much on the same page more than ever. Did the time did the downtime of the pandemic kind of provide an opportunity for this to happen or was it kind of already in motion before everything kind of went to shit with this 
definitely pretty much we pretty much had everything done i think i think everything was done okay except for maybe the artwork other than artwork and all that kind of stuff which i love <laughs> yeah for sure uh, there's a handful of songs or maybe it's just two the record's 10 songs there's a song called malden mass and there's a song called new haven connecticut i think that new haven connecticut is the standout track for me on the record are you purposefully geographically thinking when you're writing songs or is it just kind of something that comes as more of an afterthought i think it's probably more like stream of conscious and then placing a song when you hear it maybe you know you start to think about where is this who am i with who's uh, that kind of thing you know i love that like fucking love that yeah i'm the same way I, i love hearing people talk about that but that, yeah, exactly. I'm glad to hear that. Like, yeah, it's, I think that's pretty much it. You know, it's like, okay, you write the song, mm-hmm. finish it, and then kind of thinking about who you're with, where it's, and it makes a lot of sense. Uh, I don't know. It's easy to place. I'm glad to hear that that you relate. Yeah. Where does Kittner kind of fit in? on the totem pole for everybody in the band because you have members of choke up you have members that are in other things some of you are going to be playing in sam's band like where moving forward throughout the rest of 2021 and into 2022 like is kittner a top priority or is it still kind of in side project land what do you guys think for me it's top priority uh choke up is uh we are working on a record but um other than that, we don't have plans to like do and do much as far as like playing out much. Kittner, you know, this record's coming out. We definitely, what we talked about when we were recording it and we were working on it was we just wanted to kind of like see its due because we think we really like the record like as a band, like we, we, we love the way it came out. So we just wanted to get justice. We want, you know, enough people to hear it. Yeah, I agree. I'm psyched on everything, you know, it's, it's nice. Well, it's nice being in a band. I feel like all four of us feel that way, which is great. You know, it feels like, which is probably what we didn't have in kind of formation and probably why it took so long. Like now it feels like all four of us are very much, and James would probably agree with us, right? Yes, definitely. Definitely. (laughs) Yeah. It feels like, it feels like, uh, yeah, at the time, like, like, we were we we still were able to write songs together back then that, that came out great and we really enjoyed that part. But it seemed like everything else, as far as like doing the band and like being a band, playing shows, practicing regularly, doing the set, things like that, at that time felt like we were pulling in different directions. Like way back in 2016 or 2017 or whenever we yeah. broke up, not only was like the writing there that we always kind of had, but like so is like us just being like on the same page to like get stuff done and like, you know, just wanting to like, you know, play shows and, um, you know, get the music out into the world because we love it so much. The record is called Shake the Spins. And I'm curious who came up with that title. I did. I thought it sounded like a really cool band name. (laughs) I thought it'd be like kind of like a guided by voices or like a, you know, I interviewed Jeff Dean from the band Heavy Seas recently, and we were talking because he's been in a billion bands. So you have to figure at a certain point you get better at naming your bands, right? Like as opposed to worse. 
like i don't know i've been doing yes. divided heaven for a decade and divided heaven is like one notch above hoobastank and like the worst no no no, no. Divided heaven's a pretty good name yeah i've uh, heard some bad ones that's a good one yeah well then you can uh field all of the religious zealots who email me every few oh. months asking for whatever the fuck they want to know but anyway i think that uh shake the spins kind of matches the style of music you guys are doing like when you listen to it it's easy to be like oh it's kind of like a connor ober singing for promise ring type thing but like the music is really simplistic until it's not like there could there are moments on the record where it feels like there's really nothing much going on. And I mean that in a positive way. Like it's it feels minimal, but then on second and third listen, like, oh, there's a lot of shit going on there. And but it doesn't feel kind of overwhelming, but that's kind of what it's like when you're wasted, but you're not so fucking wasted that you can't do anything. But like you're just drunk enough that the spins are starting to set in and you're like, I gotta get rid of these, man. I gotta plow through this. Like I can't I, you know, the party doesn't necessarily have to go on, but like, I'm not going to spend the rest of my night like fucking throwing up in this fucking disgusting toilet. Like I need to shake these spins. And I, th- I don't know. I, that's kind of where I landed with this record where I was like, are, are they trying to shake off some sort of proverbial hangover with the style of music, knowing that like you're a rock band, but you added some keys that I think other bands wouldn't add, or you added samples especially in places within the song that I think other artists wouldn't think to do, which makes it kind of delightfully cacophonous, but certainly it's like kind of a heady towards you guys are more of a heady kind of rock band in the way that you progress with your songs. I love that so much. Yeah. And I also kind of like that it has like a positive spin on it. You know, it's not just like I give up. It's kind of like <laughs> yeah. actively what I like in songwriting and stuff is like, you know, some form of hope. Yeah. Kind of the, the lyric that I, I stuck out to me and then I went back and realized that this was a lyric that was actually quoted in the band bio that you guys have. I'm starving, but not an artist. They say Pollock was too drunk to paint and I'm too drunk to stand up straight. So that's kind of where it made me think that you were kind of in that headspace of like yeah definitely i think just like with that song and in general as a human being trying to be better not not you know not not ever being a bad person but you know trying to change your general uh trying to like improve yeah (laughs) as i think we all are hopefully yeah james where did you and connor meet yeah so uh connor and i met uh we used to work at a thrift store together but we worked in like the warehouse basement so we were like sorting like all the donations together yeah sounds, i mean sounds it, dirty sounds dirty. it was a little it was a little dusty uh it was also it's like very a, dusty it was also like a sick job like it was a lot of fun we like listened to music all day talked about records like and that's kind of how we decided like we wanted to play together like before I met Connor like I was like I came from punk and anything that came under that like punk umbrella so like a lot of like hardcore and then also emo and like all that stuff like my favorite band ever is the Get Up Kids and at the time it was the Get Up Kids Um, and I I knew like a lot of like the indie stuff especially like the more popular stuff like Death Cab and Bright Eyes Mm -hmm. and stuff like that um, but I had actually never listened to like pavement before. 
I never gave pavement a chance. And then like Connor was like, telling me I got to listen to crooked rain or whatever. And I listened to it. And of course, pavement's like one of my favorite bands now, but like at the time, like I wasn't going to listen to it, you know? Sure. And like, I'm sure I returned the favor and showed him like oh, yeah. braid or something, you know, or like the promise ring, something like that. Yeah. At the time. I never listened to braid or the promise ring. <laughs> Damn. So that's pretty much the meeting right there. In the dusty meeting of the miles. I mean, yeah. that, that kind of lands the geographic midpoint of Shake the Spins, really, I, I think, is that it's what's like, what's that meme? Like, tell me you like you like pavement without telling me you like pavement. It's like, Here's this record. Here's Shake the yeah. Spins. <laughs> tell me you're obsessed with Crooked Rain. Interesting uh, side note that has no bearing on anything, but you brought them up. Three doors down from me, not the band, nothing to do with the band, <laughs> but three door, three houses down from where I'm sitting right now is the house, uh, the Eyebold house where um, all the Eyebolds grew up. And oh, one shit. of those is uh, Mark oh. Eyebold, who's the bass player of Pavement. Wait, where is that? Uh, I'm in Lancaster, Pennsylvania now. You guys said Alan Dutch's master of the record. I'm such a fan of that dude. I'm curious, did anybody in your band end up having a conversation with him about mastering? No, um, it was all done via email. I wish, uh, I wish we could have gone. It was like literally during the like the heat of the pandemic yeah. when we were getting it mastered. Sent him the songs and like told him what I liked that he had done, and he didn't even reply about that stuff. <laughs> he literally just like <laughs> sent back like two versions, and like <laughs> then he had to fucking explain to me the differences between the different file types and i was like still confused and i replied back you know it was really it was really nuts and bolts i mean can't honestly like i'm such a huge fan of all the work he's done like and connor is too like we looked at the list of bands he had done because we were looking at who to master our record um and i've had other people master records and i've liked most of them i haven't really had an issue with it but i thought because I really like this record, I wanted to like give it something special. So yeah. I sent it to the guy who's done like most of my favorite records and also coincidentally most of Connor's favorite records. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to get him on the podcast. I had a similar thought where I, I, there's a new Divided Heaven record coming out in February. And I thought, who have I not worked with in that capacity that's A, affordable and B, someone I haven't worked with yet? And I was like, I've, corresponded with this guy a few times but we never ended up doing it as so i called him i found the number and i called him and it blew my mind because like pretty quick into the conversation he started talking about like different files and different file types and different mastering scenarios and all this stuff and what other people do and it wasn't even so much that he was trying to sell you on his manner of of work you know or his precision or anything he was just stating things matter of factly but I'm such a dullard when it comes to anything studio like that. Like it all went over my head and I was like 20 minutes later into this conversation, like maybe I should have just emailed this guy. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, you gotta, you gotta get him on the podcast. I gotta hear this. Dude. Yeah, I, I, I want to know. I'm trying. I emailed him. I'll have to follow up, but yeah, I would love to talk to him. He's such an interesting guy, but that's the thing. It makes it, he makes that world. I think a lot of people now, especially kind of write off mastering as like an afterthought. But when you have a conversation with him, you're reminded why it's important. And when you hear his records, obviously, you, you hear why it's important as well. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, um, you know, uh, I feel like with mastering is like 
I couldn't really tell you like anything about mastering, but I can tell when a record is mastered, like not right. Like when it doesn't sound like good, like when it's mastered poorly. Right. Like it, you can just tell. Um, and then, you know, with him and you just know, like, cause he's done so much like in on a very broad spectrum of records, like everything from Converge to Jets to Brazil, you know, and like, mm-hmm. I'm somewhere in there, you know, and so is Connor. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. He's absolutely. done some amazing, the Frightened Rabbit records. Those are my favorite ones. Oh, yeah. Of course, I forgot um, he did those. Yeah. Which is fucking amazing. I know. That's when, yeah, I was like, holy shit. Yeah, you he's forget how many great everything. records he's done, and then you look over <laughs> his discography and you think, yeah, of course. All right. Well, it was a pleasure talking to you guys. Thanks so much for coming on the Berman Hour podcast and talking about the new record, which is fantastic. So, oh, thanks so much. Thanks for. for- there you have it thanks again to connor and james from kittner thanks again to their fantastic publicist mr kevin day and also thanks to all of you for tuning in don't forget about our sponsors new wave flow state coffee newwave.co slash berman saves you 10 percent on your order especially if you need to get some shopping done n-o-o-w-a-v-e dot c-o slash berman all right i'll see y'all next week let's get